welcome. Welcome back. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Welcome back to the fifth episode of the Best Boys Hoop Cast. <laughs> and you I, know, we may not be the best boys, but we're boys, all right. We're boys. Uh, that's true. That is true. <laughs> uh, check. <laughs> I am your host, JP, a.k.a. Slob Thomas, the slobbery one. And I'm joined by my brother and co-host. Corey Pig Havish, also known as Edgar Excedrin for the migraines. Edgar Excedrin uh, is a pretty good name. <laughs> like a rapper, if you're going to be some hot, edgy, like, I take pills, but only over the counter. Edgar Excedrin. The, the name's Edgar Excedrin. Except in... Because everything needs a little bit of caffeine in it. Hey, let me turn you up a little bit. You're a little quiet. <clears throat> mm. Oh, man. I'm finally getting my hair cut today. Long time coming. Long time. Long time, he says. Uh, you used to back in the, you used to always have long hair for his, uh, for the longest time. And everyone was like, dude, it looks better shorter. And he didn't believe him. And now we have a cousin that's the exact same way. And we're like, dude, it looks better shorter. And he doesn't believe yeah. anybody. Circle of life right there. <laughs> Circle the, of life. Um, yeah, I'm, it's probably been about eight months, six. No, probably six months since I got a haircut. Well, no, no, that's usually what I do. I get one every six months. Um, All right. All right. Well, I'm glad to hear that. Uh, that's that's exciting. <laughs> Just as exciting. What do you have any cool? You have any cool, hot entertainment updates for us? Or a TMZ insider, man on the street. No, not really. Um, I just uh, I got to DP a um, series of workout videos this week uh, for Walk at Home. Yeah, they're uh, they're a company that does you know it's like P90X but more like walking. for everyone and streamlined. Streamlined. It's more than just walking in there. They were doing um, like athletic bands and stuff. It got it got intense. It definitely it looked tiring, um, but that uh, I think that's going to Netflix. Do they have uh, all beautiful people? Or oh, of course. It was, but it was like it was a mix. There's some people's parents there that were like doing it with them. Really? Um, yeah. So grandmas sweating in the old sweating the oldies? Or? Yeah, like 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 fifties, like fifty year olds. Not sweating to the oldies though. Was, the music is all like all of the dubstep that you could make in Garage Band loops possible and it's non it's like that for a good 10 hour day but it's fun it was a lot of fun and uh yeah i think it's gonna go to netflix amazon prime and then their app and also their youtube channel so stay on the lookout for the ones with the big golden bridge in the background or the big yellow bridge in the background um golden <clears throat> bridge eh um, oh, that's exciting! I'm glad you're getting work back here in the in the per, the Pittsburgh um, instead of the Angles, the place of the Angles. Um, yeah, it's nice to stay home. You were heard, you were, you were just telling me before we started that you're working on some kind of uh, sequel to a previous a previous sketch of uh, yours. Um, so so yeah, about that. Yeah, tell. I want you to pitch the podcast. 
smooth pants right now. <laughs> so if anyone that, ever, if it ever, if it ever takes off and you know people will watch the early episodes, that you'll, I want you to have put smooth pants on the record. Well, for anyone who wants to watch it, it's a, it was a parody, uh, tra- like a parody of A24 movies, but a trailer for one. And uh, it's it's on my YouTube channel, Corey with a Story. It's like the only video on there. Uh, go watch it. But it's imagine yourself as a man who just his whole life, you know, he's just he never had smooth pants, and then he get, grows up to have a family and all that, and he he provides his son with smooth pants because he never had them. But then he just he just wants those and becomes obsessed with those pants and. You know the. It's. I feel like it's. Uh, I feel like it's. It's better seen than told. It's, it's something yeah, that you have to explain. show, not tell. It's more. But show, it's a not psychological tell. thriller. That's the all That's you, you know. It's a psychological thriller about pants. A man's struggle with pants. Man's struggle um, to find smooth pants. No, it's really. I think it's really good. Um, I think you should see. All should see it. As somebody who I, you know. I like good stuff. I, I think this is cool. So check it out. What what is it on your overall omniscience channel? No, it's on the Corey with a story YouTube channel. Oh, Corey with a story. He's rebranded it all. So Corey with mm-hmm. a story on YouTube. Um, you can find that there. All right. Well, let's. I think we should start off with a little bit of news. Um, just a brief couple of things. I saw now that movies are starting to come out again. We actually have things. We can talk about briefly. I don't want to make it all about that or anything, but I noticed that there's a um, the, well, the Black Widow came out, so the MCU's rolling again. Um, not, you know, I've kind of, I, I have a love hate relationship with the stuff, but that um, not to a great start from the reviews that I'm seeing, or not to a um, mediocre start, I guess. Also, I know uh, saw that. A24, a couple of A24 movies have released. Um, I believe like the Green Knight is supposed to be coming out um, later in the year, I think, or the summer. But all the I just saw that movie, False Positive, with Alana Glazer um, is A24, and I didn't even know that. Uh, but it's getting bombed. And I don't know if it's getting bombed completely because it's like a Rosemary's Baby ripoff, um, which is some things that I'm seeing... Um, or if it's just genuinely bad. Um, but yeah. Um, as someone who is in the midst of an A24 watch of the whole thing, and I'm about 66 movies into it, and I think there's like 80-some movies. So I'm almost towards the end. But now they're re- they've released a few. First Cow, I have not seen. Saint Maud came out, I think, at some point. I did not see it. Um, and then... Now we got false positive, and then Zola was a movie I wanted to talk to. What well, I was going to talk to you about. Oh, I saw the trailer for that. I really want to see that. So yeah, I saw the trailer for that. We went, we went to go see The Conjuring. Uh, looks, I think it's I, out. I think it's out right now. Um, I can't remember, but I do really want to see that um, at some point. Um, if we want to do it for the show or not. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's good to see that. Movies are coming out again, and I would like to do. We would like to do more that are, you know, in theaters and doing stuff as it's out. Um, at least like you know, every so often, when there's something I think that fits with the the type of shit that we're doing, um, the vibe, 
that we're curating here at Best Boys. The Best Boys vibe. But, uh, all right. Enough about me talking about that news by myself. I kind of just sprung this on you because I thought about it right before the show. So that's why it was just me. But uh, if, if, you, if this is a good thing, we can do it. Do more of that as well. Um, kind of flesh it out. But all right. I think that covers it. Do you have anything you want to talk about in this regard? Um, no, there's no real news that I saw that was wild to me or anything. All right. So, um, so let's... Uh, do you want to... Which one do you want to talk about first? So this is the Darren, the Darren Aronofsky episode. <clears throat> I I was gonna say Mother because that's the the one I surprisingly enjoyed a lot. Um, no spoilers. Uh, or do you think we should start with his older one first? Um, it doesn't matter. I mean, I think we did last time. We went old and then newest and then. All right, we can do the reverse if you think that that'll freshen up, uh, keep it fresh. Uh, all right, let's do it. I mean, it doesn't matter, but the um, fucking no, we can start with Requiem. <clears throat> the Requiem for a Dream. It was released in the year two thousand. I'm gonna turn off the music now that we're into the. The meat of it. Um, released in the year of our Lord, 2000 AD, after the death of Jesus. And I, and I've always heard about this movie. Um, always heard about it for a long time. And, uh, I honestly, no, I knew a little bit about it. I forgot that Jared Leto was in it. I forgot that I'm pretty much, everything about it but i knew that it was supposed to be good and i always forget that darren aronofsky makes it and i've seen a few of his films but uh yeah i loved it i loved it very much as much as i dislike jared leto i liked it a lot yeah it was a for me a um because i'd always heard it was good but i watched it probably for about three four years ago for the first time um and and that initial thing was just not at it was one of those movies where I didn't really know anything about it other than I heard it was good and so going in blind it was just like holy shit like just the way that the there's so much like that this movie did uh even from just like a cinematography standpoint that just influenced so many other things like with the drug montages and just like the quick cut uh things and like the um you have those like vertigo zoom things and it's just like um uh, yeah, just it, it it just was so new at the time, and then you're just like, oh man, I've seen this in so many other things. Um, very inspirational or influential, I should say. Uh, yeah. Um, I feel like I've seen a lot of. I feel like I've seen this style before. Um, a little bit. Paul Thomas Anderson. Uh, definitely comes to mind with Matt and Magnolia, which was a few, which was a couple, just a couple of years earlier. Um, and even Boogie Nights, there's like kind of cuts like that a little bit. There's style. This the film has so much style. Yeah, uh, it's dark and it's very gray. Um, the colors are washed out. However, when it's sunny and it's outside, there's like this soft lens on everything, and it makes it feel very, mm -hmm. look very dreamy. 
Um, mm-hmm. And uh, like it felt like wild. the the like the, the outdoors was a dream during the day. The I was gonna say yeah, it's funny because with the soft lens, there's so much hard light in this movie, so it's like uh, the contrast of that like the dreamy th- sequence, but everything is also so like hot, overexposed. Um, where it's kind of almost like an overload of the senses forcing you to be that soft, like if that makes sense. Yeah, I I felt like it was like trying to be dreamy or heavenly, or but I would say mostly dream, um, like. But the indoors were always dark and gray and um dirty. Like there's always like this grit over everything. Mm-hmm. And all the indoor scenes. The um. The how did you feel about like did you know did you know story wise what it was about before watching it I don't know any I knew that it was about addiction because I looked at the synopsis but that was about it I didn't like read the wiki I just like the, the little blurb when you you know get them I rented it off of Amazon uh, who do you think who whose character art do you think had got ended up getting them like having it the worst. Um, I don't know. Jared Leto is his character is a piece of shit. Um, honestly, I think I feel bad. The worst bad for the um the most bad for the mom. Yeah, same. Um, Sarah Goldfarb. Um, she is just like trying to lose weight to get onto this in this contest on television, and the doctor is prescribing her, you know, amphetamines and um. Um, amphetamines and all, and sleep pills to sleep during the night because you're gonna you're on uppers all day and she's grinding her teeth and she doesn't mm-hmm. understand what's happening. It's kind of like, you know, she was told that this was some miracle miracle weight loss and it's destroyed her life. <laughs> she's now yeah. become a junkie, just like Jared, you know, Jared Leto and Jennifer Connelly's character and you know Marlon Wayans. All this cast is fantastic and it's all like. Not a lister, a listers. Like they definitely are all big act, all like big actors. Ellen Burstyn's had a you know prolific, prolific career. Um, she, honestly, her performance is the best to me. Um, in the whole thing, she carries this movie. For, uh, her whole storyline, which was like the less interesting one at first, because you're more interested in the edgy, like drug, yeah. druggy shit. Um. And it slowly becomes the most interesting part of the movie, um, and the less, the least um, predictable. That I think that was. Uh, I've seen a lot of drug movies over the years. I thought I thought mm-hmm. of like Blow or. Um, oh, that's a good one. I haven't seen that in a while. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I always think of Blow when I think of a drug movie. Um, but there's always like this rise and fall. Like they start off as users and then they start selling a little bit and then they made bigger connects and bigger connects and then they eventually get so big that it collapses in on itself, whether because of police or rival gangs or whatever. That's like always the arc of these movies. Breaking Bad does the same thing. Breaking Bad mm. is just that over a longer period of time because it's, you know, the a lot more hours to tell the story. Rather than like this montage of somebody's life, like in Blow. Uh, I know there's so many other movies, um, Spun and Drugstore Cowboy, which is older. Um, 
I watched a stupid A24 movie called Hot Summer Nights with Tim- Timothy Chalamet that had the exact same arc. But this, so I thought that this, that's where this was going. And way earlier in the film, do they fu- this shit get fucked up and it's not their fault. And, you know, like the, the supply of heroin, like heroin's what they're selling and they don't ever say it by name in the entire film, which I think is super interesting. They don't say any mm. drugs by name. I didn't um, even notice that. Yeah, they don't say any drugs by name because I was like, I didn't understand if it was coke, and then I started to realize the way that they're having withdrawal and stuff. Mm-hmm. That it was definitely heroin. Um, but Jennifer, great. I was, I'm getting off track. I was talking about the cast. Ellen Burstyn, fantastic. Jennifer Connelly, fan. She's great too. You know, she's from. She's the girl from Labyrinth back in the day. The young girl. Um, she's had a long career. Apparently, apparently she's in Noah. Of from Darren Aronofsky, um, nice the rock people movie. But Marlon Wayans is really good. Um, this might be one of uh, the few serious roles I've seen him in, and right? it was probably one of his best performances. Like I, like he should be doing more shit like this. I mean, I know he did, he has range. Like he's done mm-hmm. different things over the years, but like knowing him for scary movies and, and creating scary movies with his brother and all that. Mm. Um. Yeah, excellent performance there. Um, Jared Leto was fine. I thought his accent was a little over the top, um, compared to Ellen Burstyn's. Um, was more subdued. It was still very pronounced and prominent, but it wasn't just like so over the top. I didn't hate it. It was fine. It was fine. It wasn't bad. It wasn't bad. But I kept thinking about like, is this too much? Like, or if there was somebody from New York, would they think that it was good? Like I think about the accents in Good Time, like uh, Robert mm-hmm. Pattinson, um, and his accent is big, but it's not like this over the top. Yeah, um, playing a genuine I, it, New Yorker. Yeah, it was definitely an adjustment from for Jared Leto's accent, that's for sure. Um, but I don't know. I just kind of got used to it after probably like the first ten minutes. Like once you hear him talking for a bit. Um, but the. Uh, uh, I was going to ask, or I was going to say, what's nuts to me is just like the physical transformation of Jared Leto's character and the mom character um, physically by the end of it. Just like the they look like, like especially the mom looks like a completely different person. Doesn't even look the same to the beginning. Yeah, like, so they, yeah, they illustrate the weight loss really, really well. Apparently they had, she had three different fat suits that she wore. In the beginning parts, you can't even tell. Like it looks wow. straight, like yeah, don't yeah. Even know. I yeah, I read she had three different fat suits that were incrementally changed throughout the movie, and she had like nine different wigs or something like that for her because her mm-hmm. hair was kept changing throughout the movie. Yeah. Uh yeah, the uh, the whole movie is about addiction and about its addiction in its various forms. Uh, the first act, Ellen Burstyn's character. Um, is struggling with dieting and food addiction and wanting to you know always think about what's in the fridge. And uh, I'm actually uh, dieting a little bit myself and exercising and stuff, trying to get that quarantine weight off. And uh, I related to that part a lot. Um, and somebody also uses it, you know, we all have vices in various ways, whether it's alcohol or marijuana or if it's something harder. Um we all have our struggles and um, it's, there's just so much to relate to here. Um, Cause there's like this, uh, the characters in this film are kind of all trying to get to the, the next high 
which then makes them forget about all their issues. And then once the high comes down and they run out, then their life is all about trying to, you know, get what they need to get high again. Escape. Yeah. Um, let me just look at some of my notes here. I uh, yeah, the the fast editing for the drugs, the there's just the great editing in this. The cuts, hard mm-hmm. cuts, not even just the montages, but there was just like random hard cuts sometimes, and I'm like, ooh. And I just do something like that, you know? So much style, so much style. Um, when Marlon Wayne's in the prison the first time and it's like all blurry and shaky behind him, and then in the end it's even weirder and shakier. Like there's these stylistic choices um, like in post or with the camera uh, that I think is really good. I love the shots of the shoebox from inside the hole that they put the money, their drug money in. Mm-hmm. Um, love the soundtrack. Cause it was this mixture of like orchestral, like darker orchestral, but then also a lot of industrial techno. Apparently I think Jared Leto's character, Harry is a DJ. I have written down here. Mm. Um, the, go ahead. the, uh, it's just, I mean, it was one of those. Oh, how did you feel about the, um, the low shutter speed, like, quick movement things like when it would like instead of just zooming in on something or cutting it would just like have that almost like 90s looking morph thing into people uh or like whenever the she the mom at the end of the movies kind of uh, not towards the end but like um when she's like straggling around the city and everybody's just rushing past super quick super yeah quick yeah or, uh, like, so the, when you watch i watched on amazon on my computer and it always gives me these fun facts and it told me that that is the same shutter speed that kubrick shot the the threesome <laughs> sex scene in clockwork orange and uh, and i was like oh all right and um mm-hmm. but i i think that uh, i like that i like the way that was used because it was like it's like the blurriness when you're really fucked yeah. up like you're losing frames. It's almost like you're losing like, frames. Like it's yeah, washed like, together. I think speeding up. Yeah, it's speeding motion up. Motion Blended. Yeah. yeah, it's like motion blur in PS2 games. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> oh, man. That was the, ori- the old kind of motion blur. The bad kind. To cover up before, your mistakes. Before per object. But... Um, yeah, uh, let me see what I got here. I love, so in the first act, I love this, uh, the shot. It was a very short scene when they broke onto that roof. Um, Jared Leto and Jennifer Colony, and they were thro- throwing paper airplanes off the roof. Mm-hmm. Um, and I thought that was so beautiful and cool. Um, and just, I don't know, there's something really sweet about it. Like, I don't know if I've ever seen that, like what that would be like being on top of a really tall-ass building throwing mm-hmm. paper planes um yeah um, addiction um yeah the oh there's a lot of things about coffee is a drug food is a drug no um, i kept thinking of weezer we are all on drugs that stupid <laughs> song uh it's not it's not one it's a good single on a, an inferior album and uh yeah, I kept thinking about that. So it was like, this is something that has been done. This is something like that has been done for sure. But I think that it's never been done this well. Um, and at this point that it was made, like I'm, I, there's a lot of, like you said, there's a lot of influence um, and other things. Also, the, the I kept thinking about the addiction to TV 
um, the weird relationship that they both have with the television. And the, so the yeah. opening thing of the movie, Jared Leto's stealing his mom's television to sell for money for drugs, for heroin. And then she goes down to the you know pawn shop or whatever it is and buys it back. And apparently um, the pawn shop owner is played by um, the really old crime guy from Breaking Bad, um, the one that's like uh, like in... Um, Part paralysis, when he's paralyzed. Um, oh, yeah. oh, okay, yeah, I know you're talking about. Yeah, the what's the the tube? Um, yeah, he rings the bell, the ding. The yeah, the bell guy. Yeah, that's what I should have said. But that was him. But uh, so apparently, she buys the TV back, and they have this little conversation about how this is like an ongoing cycle that you know randomly he'll steal the TV to sell, and she'll buy it back, and it's kind of like visa v her. <laughs> giving him money essentially. Um, and this guy making some on the side, <laughs> the, um, Oh, also all the splits, all the split shots where it's like two shots in one. I don't know what the proper mm-hmm. terminology is for that. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, the very yeah, beginning with the door, um, like the mom's in the one side and Jared Leto's in the other and they're doing their own thing. And it was like from that movie, their stories, uh, separated. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like from that, they they came, the movie started and they were together and they were fighting and then that shot came up and then he leaves and it still got her reaction and then it like it cuts and then from that point, yeah, Jared Leto's story is this and then it's like a plot, b plot and then they randomly come together at times, but it's really their separate stories from that point. Hmm. The uh. Yeah, because pretty much once they're once they're all into their own shit, you just it's like everybody's on their own path at the one point. Especially like when you get to like two thirds in, when uh, is that Marlon Wayne? Is that his name? Yeah, uh, Marlon. Yeah, because it's on the. Hold on, I have. <clears throat> they all get separated, and, and you know he's in jail, and then the uh, mom's in the psych ward, and then um, Jared Leto ends up in the hospital. It's just like everybody just got. F- fucked in their own way but like all starting from the same core of people yeah Marlon Wayans <clears throat> but uh yeah, how do you I, I'm go ahead oh okay so I had a few other things before we get to the ending stuff um the so uh, another thing I found out was during Though Ellen Burstyn's monologue is about halfway through the film, she's how uh, Harry comes over and accuses her of being on uppers. Corey, your camera went off again. Um, she accuses her of being on uppers, and she's like, because she's grinding her teeth, and um, she gives this long speech about what it's like to be old, and like, you know, I just, I have nothing to live for. I, what's the point of doing the dishes and making my bed? And I just you know, do nothing and sit here all day, every day. And apparently the, so there was what happened, there's a point where the camera like drifts off and and fogs and like blurs a little bit um, at the very end of that monologue. And apparently I read that the cinematographer, whose name is Matthew Libatique, was crying, uh, crying from the performance and fogged up the camera's eyepiece and like moved his head away and it tilted the camera and they ended up take, keeping the shot. 
Oh my thought, gosh. Yeah, I thought that was really really speaks to the power of that scene and the power of just this whole um Ellen Burstyn's performance in this whole movie. Um like uh, like it's not that the all the Jared Leto storyline is really good. It's just I've seen it in other films and it is it does have twists and turns. Um like that are different. It subverts the typical story, and I don't think it, it does not glorify this life in any way. Even when they're doing good, you're just like it's only a matter of time before the ball drops, um, for for the shoe drops. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's something mm-hmm. about the juxtaposing that with his mother having her own addiction issues, and um, it's it, it's powerful. It's powerful and. Um, if you know anyone that's ever, if you've ever struggled with any form of addiction yourself, which I think this movie, um, seems to indicate that all, almost all of us do. Um, it also, I think speaks to the medical system, uh, in the United States and the, the willingness for to certain doctors to prescribe drugs that could literally destroy, uh, literally destroy older people's minds later in life. Um, you know, like once you get on that shit, you can never be the same again. Mm-hmm. And it's it's something to be wary of. That a lot that there's there are doctors out here that don't have your best interests in mind. Um. Oh, so then also I want to talk about Jennifer Connelly's later storyline. So what happens with her and Jared Leto? They get estranged. Because Jared Leto's going to... There's no heroin in the city, so he's going to drive down to Florida and try to buy some himself. Like in, in, so him and Warren LeWayans do that. Um, so while she she is fucked, because they're going to be gone for a while, she doesn't have anything. So she turns to... After Jared Leto's suggestion, and Jared Leto also um, makes her... Not makes her, but definitely manipulates her to... Um, get into prostitution with her former therapist, and then which then leads her, him to suggesting her to a pimp, and she calls him up, and she starts sex working at the end of the film. Um, but there is a scene where she um, is in a tub, and uh, she's crying, and she's got her head under the water, and she's screaming with her head under the water. And mm. I'm like, I've seen this before. I know this from something. And I was like, this is just like the... An- There's a scene in the anime movie, Perfect Blue, which is one of the best anime films ever made. Um, it's on our list. And it is a shot... I find out, I Google it, it is a shot-for-shot remake that Darren Aronofsky licensed Perfect Blue just so he could use that sh- that scene in Oh, wow. And that blew my fucking mind because that is one of my top... Five anime films ever. Uh, Perfect Blue is made by the same uh, creator. They also made Paprika. Have you heard of that? Which Inception was uh-huh. influenced by. Um, it's not like it's not an adaptation, but it's heavily influenced by Paprika. I'm looking up that bathtub scene right now. Like the Perfect the Blue, Blue one. Yeah, there's a comparison of it. Wow. Uh yeah. I guess I could just show it on the pod. It's- Wow. I bet someone on YouTube put them side by side. Yeah, that's what I just watched. It's the first thing if you search Perfect Blue Requiem for a Dream. Yeah, Perfect Blue is an amazing film, and we'll definitely watch it. 
Um, it's it's just it's amazing. Hard, very hard. <clears throat> But yeah, this was very powerful. One of the most powerful moments as well. Um, her story is very, very hard to stomach, and how she—it's like the descent into this world for her. Like she was using in the beginning, but it was all fun, and, and her family—I mm -hmm. think she, it was indicated that her family has money, um, but they were cutting her off. The, um, I know this is kind of a side thing, but I wanted to ask this before we got too much in but how did you feel about the uh little hallucination scene with the mom where she's like on the game show and like everything's all like fucked up and the fridge is trying to eat her i thought that was cool i didn't i, I thought it was really <laughs> cool and surreal it didn't like blow my mind or anything but i thought it was really like it uh, it reminded me of how when you have a bad trip or something and and like you're everything is really you're hallucinating it's real but when it's negative and you're anxious and it's mm -hmm. is really terrifying like you're literally and and i can only i keep thinking about how she's trapped in this little apartment and she's like got mm -hmm. nowhere to go and i kept thinking like if i was her i'd be trying to get the fuck out of there and that's what she does by the uh the end is she leaves and tries to go to the tv station to, that as she thinks is you know getting her on television um and then she gets arrested and they put her in the, they commit her to asylum, um, mental health facility and, um, bad. Then, then she gets put on worse drugs and then descent into, you know, senility goes even faster. Um, but what did you think? Do you think that she really did get invited to be on TV or do you think it was like a scam? Or do you think the call uh, in the beginning was a scam and she fell yeah, for I it? Think I think it was just like what at least well, the way it is like you get to apply but so many people get to apply that you still yeah. might make it <clears throat> like so I've been in granted this has been a long time ago but like so I, I was in the crowd for uh, like the audience for like America's Funniest Home Videos before and you just show up at a time and they just go through and pick who they want and it's just that's it so I very well could have just been like real but then she just didn't get her thing in in time or other people's or whatever or they just already had some like had people for whatever or other people that they had reached out to first were available or it was just a scam but either way it's like it's not enough for her to go this insane over it but i guess when you have nothing else going on in your life and your son's a a, a junkie who just keeps stealing your tv any little glitter of hope glimmer of hope is you gotta make you want to you know go full force in it Yeah, um, I agree. Um, yeah, it was, it, this is just a crazy fucking movie. Crazy movie. Um, the only, so I was, like, after about halfway through, it was, like, three-fourths through, I was like, this is could be a five for me. Like, I was like, this could be perfect. I think there's so much style. Like, this has my love of style. It has edge. It has, but it's, like, not just a shallow story. Like there's so much depth to it. And it's a, it's a subversion to, I think is an established genre, which is, I think the drugs, the drug story. Um, mm -hmm. but the ending, I thought things got extre really extreme all of a sudden. And like, this is how it could go. But in the end, just spoilers. Um, we've been pretty good about not revealing too much, but 
Jared Leto's arm, uh, he starts, gets infected where he's shooting up and he keeps shooting up into the infected arm. It gets gangrenous. Um, he goes to, I I never understood why he never just picked a different vein. Uh, yeah, I don't understand it either. Um, he went to the hospital, um, in the South when they were trying to go, um, get drugs in the South and, um, and, uh, and yeah, then they did say they put him in jail. They don't treat him for some reason. This southern doctor just calls the cops and doesn't treat him. He's like, this guy uses drugs. Get him out of here. And so he's got to lose his arm because of that. And they end up amputating his arm. Marlon Wayne's character gets stuck in that southern prison with racist, you know, racist guards and is in a horrible situation. And, um, and, uh, yeah. And so Ellen Burstyn, like I said, gets her committed and then they put her through electrotherapy and, uh, and all these drugs and she's got nothing left. And her, her friend that like suggested it to her, um, they they go and visit her and it's just, it's really sad. Yeah. It's, it's, it's so sad. That whole that whole ending thing of the mom getting like the, like, uh, not lobotomized, but like the electroshock stuff is just, oh man, she like it did need to be that she was perfectly fine and normal. She just needed to get like be weaned off meth for a bit, and instead, just fucking this fryer brain, and she just and even by the time she even gets there, she's so like pale and like sullen eyed and like purple eyed and uh just like a ghost, uh, as if she's already been dead. Um, wow. Jennifer Connelly's performance was really good though, too. So that's, um, oh, we didn't mention her ending. So like I said, she goes in the sex work and the, she gets asked to do this party. And she initially tells the pimp that she's not going to do it. And then he's like, I'll see you there knowing that she's going to accept cause she needs the money for drugs. Mm-hmm. And, um, they, yeah, she has to. The there's this big scene at the end where everybody chants "ass to ass, ass to ass," and she has to use a double-sided dildo with another woman, ass to ass, in front of this giant crowd of rich men. Did you see the director's cut? Uh, no, I I watched the original. <clears throat> the director's cut is supposed to be the 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 um the what they had in the theaters and the. So it's not actually the original. It's just uh, the home video one. Um, they, for some reason, cut out a little bit of the ass-to-ass scene. All right, then. But, yeah, that's what I try to tell you is, like, make sure you watch the director's cut because that's the one he Aronofsky says is the, the true one. <laughs> what did you watch it on? I just watched it on Voodoo. Well, yeah, what is up with you and Voodoo? They have, the, they have the best stream quality. I watched it in 4K. Yeah, they had it in 4K HDR. Oh, yeah. I don't think they said HDR. But I don't have hmm. HDR, so. But, uh, and it's not just about 4K. It's also about streaming bandwidth. Um, <clears throat> Like higher quality. Like you're getting higher quality uh, regardless of resolution. Yeah, this one on both. Amazon had both cuts. <clears throat> How much is it on Voodoo? I think I paid four dollars. Yeah, it's three. It was three ninety nine for the four K one. It's two ninety nine for the regular. 
And then Mother was like was six bucks for the for the four K HDR version. But I don't know, support in cinema. All right. Well, uh what what'd you, you write in it? Yeah, what'd you think about it? Well, let's get a score here. Um, I'm gonna give it a four and a half. Only for because like Minari is my five and I didn't have a moment in this movie that made me feel like how Minari I just the whole movie just kept going. God, this is so fucking good. This is look this is such a good movie. Like the whole time I'm just like just like so into how good the movie is. Where this one is just like I know it's phenomenal, but I didn't have that same feeling going out through a whole, through the whole thing. But it is it is so close to it's it, it is a damn good film though. Um, so I was gonna also give it a four and a half, and then the ending I think bumped it down to a four for me. Um, just because it just like I said, it felt very over the top, conveniently extreme for every single person, and I think it does get like that. Obviously, that's true, but for every single story to go like that, just felt a little over the top and like extra edgy. Um, I yeah. think it takes away from the journey a little bit. Um, I think you could, I think, I don't know. I don't know how I would have ended it otherwise, but, um, I think that, that, uh, yeah, I did. I don't know. Something was weird about how over the top the ending was felt very like fight club or something to me. The way mm-hmm. that this film is colored and, and looks kind of reminds me of fight club for some reason. Fight Club's really green, and this is really gray, but it's like the, it's not about Fight Club. It's about the, like, this vibe of the late 90s, early mm. 2000s. Matrix, first Matrix even has elements of this. Um, yeah. It's, it's like, it's the way it looks. It's the way, it's very gritty and modern. It's like, this dirty modern is what I think I'd describe it. Like, older yeah, apartments, everything, older apartments, and, I was just like, uh, it's all it's all hard light with ex- but with high contrast. So like hard light versus soft light, meaning like how intense light from the sun is versus a cloudy day. Um, but everything, even the night stuff, it just always uses such saturated hard light, but with such high contrast that gives it that like that gives it that '90s gritty feel because that's yeah. like that's the like Fight uh, Club's like, 1999, so it literally is. All three of those films were made around this. The Matrix Fight Club. I always, I always think Fight Club's older than it is, but it's not that. It's around when the Matrix was released. That's that sounds about right. Um, but yeah. All right. Yeah, I think I'm gonna give it a four. I think I want to give it a four and a half, but I think it's uh, it's just my young. Young edgy self wants to give it my if I, I watched this when I was twenty one this would be the best movie ever to me like that's <laughs> what I was thinking about if I watched this when I was in my early twenties um I would think this was the coolest this is the deepest coolest movie ever um but all right are we good on Requiem for a Dream I think so all right. Uh, Oh yeah, mother is lowercase m. Did you know that? Did you notice that? Yep. Yep. That's twenty seventeen, right? Yep. Yeah, the only capitalized name in the movie is him. Yes, you're right. Yeah, when you look at the wiki and uh it really makes the uh, the story obvious. 
Mother. Mother. Tell your children no I'm hungry. So what do you think about Mother? From 2017, I... directed by Darren Aronofsky, starring Jennifer Lawrence, Javier Bardem, Ed Harris, and Michelle Pfeiffer. J-Law. Um, but I loved it. At first, I was, I, I'm not gonna lie, I was confused with the whole first half of the movie. Hated the yeah. first, hated it. I didn't hate it. I was no, just, no, I just I, didn't know. Sorry. Was like, <laughs> other than the, like, other than the Cain and Abel thing, like, was, that was the most, like, in, like, blatantly obvious what it was. I was just, like, confused. I was just like, what the f fuck is happening? Why is Javier Bardem being such a dick to Jennifer Lawrence? Uh, and, uh, <laughs> but then, uh, like, once you get a little over the halfway scene, it just, it all starts making sense. And it's just like, oh, God, this is, like, at first I was like, is Javier Bardem Jesus or is he, you know, God or something? But then, and then you just figure it out. Um, but I liked it. I did. I, 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 I could see, I mean, I guess I can see why people dislike it, but I also don't understand what else you would, I don't know, like, whatever people, I saw, like, a, some negative reviews of it, or, like, in, like, the Red Letter Media guys, and I, like, I didn't agree with it because it didn't make sense of, like, like, what, uh, you know, that wasn't the kind of movie he was trying to make, so this is just, it is what this is, and I don't know. I liked it, though. That's all, I guess that's all I'm gonna say, <laughs> until we start getting through the story. Um, so let me just tell you. The, the, I had I it took me a really long time to watch the first half of the movie. <laughs> I kept pausing it and and getting distracted and um it was hard and I just had to I got to a point where I just put it on and, and I was watching it. Um it was very very slow. The first half of this movie super super slow. And um but it but it's fine. Like it's it's fine. You just don't know what's going on. And you're trying to understand it. And by the time, uh, during Ed Harris's character, so what, what you're dealing with, the setup, is a man and a woman, played by Jennifer Lawrence and Javier Bardem, live in a home. There is a room in the home that it has this crystal sitting in it. And there's, uh, and Jennifer Lawrence is like fixing up this house. And it's a really beautiful already, but she's making it more beautiful. Like, that's what uh, she's working on. And then, at some point, Ed Harris shows up um, with... Well, get Danzig's ass out of here! <laughs> it's, not, it's old, ugly, <laughs> creepy Danzig. I mean, it's fine. It's fine, but it's cre it's going to be creeping me out. Especially, It's Mother. not so bad when it's small on the stream, but I have your Discord window <laughs> on one of my monitors, and I just look over, and there's this vampire man... <laughs> Staring into my soul. <laughs> Mother. Motherfucker. Uh, so uh, now I got, got me off track. So Ed Harris right. um, is now staying. He needed a place to stay. He's a doctor, apparently. I don't know what, what that meant. They kept saying yeah. he was a doctor, and I couldn't. And this whole allegory, which we'll reveal to you in a moment, I don't know where that fits in. But eventually, he his wife shows up and also stays with him, played by Michelle Pfeiffer. 
And his wife is a huge bitch to Jennifer Lawrence. <laughs> oh, yeah, she's the worst. It's so mean to Jennifer Lawrence. And then eventually, <laughs> Jennifer Lawrence is like, who the fuck are these people? You're inviting strangers into our home. But then she's fine with it. She's like, okay, this is weird, but I'll, I'll go with it. It's just two people. They seem okay. Um, and then at some point, they break the... Um, did they break the crystal before... Before Dom Hall Gleason and his brother, the Gleason, yeah, show yeah, up? yeah, it was it was before. It's supposed because okay. that's supposed to represent uh, Eve biting the apple. Yes, yes, I got that. Well, thank you for revealing. You spoiled the the the, the reveal. Uh, no, sorry. <laughs> no, you're okay. You're okay. So they so they break this crystal that's important to Javier Bardem, and then their bro- their sons show up, played by. Tom Hall Gleason and another Gleason. I don't remember his first name. They're actually brothers in real life. And Fun fact. Dom Hall Gleason's name is pronounced Donnell. Oh, I've always I think that's my headcanon why I say it that way. I think I, I watched an interview. I think I did one of the Star that. Wars junkies. I just rejected it. <laughs> um I love him. He's a great actor. Oh, I think he's great. He's a great actor. But yeah, they are like fighting like babies and then eventually they kill each other. Uh, or Don, Donald Gleason kills the the other Gleason, and because uh, of over their inheritance, and they reveal that Ed Harris's character is dying and has a will and all that. And it's around this point in the film where you start to put it together of what the fuck this all means. Because I'm just like, this is so weird and random. Um, I had a feeling that because of the crystal and the opening sequence of like the f- flaming lady and the. And the the house kind of the room turning white from from burnt. Mm-hmm. I was like, this, I uh, this has got to be something, you know, like a metaphor or something more spiritual of some kind. And then mm-hmm. when Cain and Abel happened, which is the Gleasons, I put it together that Ed Harris, Michelle Pfeiffer, Adam and Eve, the crystal <laughs> was the was represented the forbidden fruit. Javier Bardem is God. And then I was like, well, then, like, who's Jennifer Lawrence? And then Jennifer Lawrence is Mother Earth. And the the house, which she is concerned with the entire movie, like that, other than the baby, she's concerned with two things. The baby, the house, and obviously her love for Javier Bardem. Mm. And, uh, and, um, so she just gets fucked with this entire time. She is Mother Earth, and she's getting fucked with by yeah. humans. And the house is Earth itself. The house is Earth itself, um, and because she, she's yeah, she's wanting to make it nice, and she's start trying to stop people from. So there's like moments where she's like Mother Nature, and she lashes out, and you'll hear like thunder, you'll hear like a lightning strike, um, you know what I'm talking about later in the movie. <clears throat> But yeah, yeah, it's pretty. In the, so the first half of the movie is slow, chill, and then it gets fucking heavy, heavy. About halfway through, um, they have a funeral for the dead son, um, and then all the guests are just assholes. And then eventually, everyone's being so mean. Everyone's so mean to Jennifer Lawrence, and then somebody sits on a sink and breaks it, and she just has yeah. it, kicks everyone out. I wanted to ask you about that. Did you is that supposed to be the Noah story? The like flood. the rain forty yeah, the great flood. Oh my god. That, that, uh, yeah, that is what that is. Out? That is what it is. She breaks a sink, there's a flood, and she kicks everyone out of the house. 
That's definitely what that is. And then they make a baby. And then they make a baby, Hmm. and he writes a book, which is the Bible. The New Testament. Or, yeah, like the... uh, They reference his previous works. That's right, that's right. Um, They have a baby, they write the New Testament, and everyone shows back up. They start losing their fucking minds. They kill the, the... She has the baby. They're destroying the house. It's fucking chaos. There's, like, wars happening. But literally, the second hour of the movie is just... You're watching Jennifer Lawrence run around this house while madness is unfolding. It's nuts. It, it goes from every... At the wild, one of the wildest things is what Kristen Wiig, who plays uh, Javier Bardem's publicist, is just walking around executing people with bags over their heads laying on the ground. Um, it's like rep- it seems like it's trying to like be this representation of human history um with war yeah. and revolution and like there's moments where things are calm and nice so there's like this mo- like there was this moment with her as poor people and they're all like reaching out to Javier Bardem and like help us help us we love you and um it's it definitely f- like people that turn to religion for hope and mm-hmm. things like that um there this everything is symbolism nothing in this movie is literal and if you'd never figure it out, this movie is going to be the worst thing ever to you. The second half will be entertaining as fuck because it's wild. But I mm-hmm. feel like if you don't put it together by that point, then you're just going to be like, this is chaos for chaos. I don't, this is some art film. I don't understand it. It very much is an art film um, <laughs> for sure. I would not advise, like, I would not say our dad should watch this. Um, like, I, think I mean, he, not because I don't think he, like, I think that if he saw it on his own and get it, but I wouldn't be like, yo, this movie is so cool. You need to see mother. And he's gonna be like, what the <laughs> fuck did I just watch? <laughs> yeah. I feel like you'd have to tell him what it's about ahead of time, but, it, but him knowing that, I think he would love it. I think that's why I, I think if you think somebody's going to, if you're going to advise this to somebody and you think they're gonna have a trouble putting it together or they're not going to you know, go into it with any research, um, I would at least tell them that it is an allegory for creation and like the history of religion and man um, and, and how we treat, it's mostly about how we treat humans, treat earth. Yeah. Um, it is an environmental, I was definitely using religion and allegory to tell an environmental moral. Like that is this moral story is take care of mother earth. I feel like. Yeah. Cause it's, I was, I was uh, seeing this thing afterwards when I was just like, going through to make sure i didn't like miss anything or whatever but it seems it's kind of like you have this almost love triangle where it's like uh you have god who like who loves mother earth but also needs and loves the the the, the worship of his of a man loves man people. yeah humans yeah that man it needs god because god created man but also needs mother earth for earth to go but earth only needs god and doesn't need man but because the other two need each other. She gets no like no respect from either, and just gets the shit end of the stick. Yeah, and, she's uh, she's used really as the as a resource. Yeah. Um, and he loves her, but he lo- It seems I, I can't help but think of Invincible, um, which is a cool show if you haven't seen it yet. Did you see Invincible? Yeah. It reminded me of Omni Man referring to his wife like I love her, but I love her like a pet. And I couldn't yeah. stop thinking about that with Javier Bardem. And uh, and obviously the actors' ages are significantly apart. And some people had issue with that, I saw. 
but it's it makes sense in this representation because God mm. is ancient and like God mm. if if Earth is million billion years old and God is infinite you know if in yeah. this in this thing where they exist um so of course he's gonna be older but it's not like a creepy amount older he I'm I'm at, Javier Bardem's gotta be like fifty right yeah I didn't think it was that like I thought they were just like twenty to twenty five years apart because um, Jennifer Lawrence. 30s in this she's my age yeah um i think we're the same age um i also jennifer lawrence um this may be crude but i watched the anime uh jujutsu kaisen and there's this character that's like ask him like what do you what do you look for in a woman and he he in the main character's yeah, like right i like there. sorry i mean, he got the hiccups and <laughs> He's uh, the main this character asks the main character. He's like, "What do you like in a woman?" And he's like, "I like a woman with a big ass, like Jennifer Lawrence." And they just straight up say her name on the anime. And um, now every time I hear her name, I just think of Jujutsu Kaisen. Good show, very streamlined, simple anime. If you like shonens, but you don't like like you don't want to deal with this giant involved world, you just want to have see something simple with fights great show um and you know i'm picky about shonens but all right mm. oh my god i just spilled tea all over myself oh no it was so much <laughs> oh my god it was so much oh shit are you all right <laughs> yeah i'm all was right it, was it hot tea it, or was no, it cold no it was it was lukewarm by this time yeah. all right um, your bits are okay yes yes uh very thoroughly soaked Thoroughly soaked. Uh, oh, I'm not man. quite sure what to do at the moment. Well, we persevere. Yeah, I guess we we'll just just persevere. We could stop we and cut it, left. or <laughs> oh, yeah, we could stop and cut it, or. Well, do you have a towel nearby? Well, no, we don't have a half hour left. We can We have like 15 minutes at the minimum left. Um, I'm gonna have to get a towel, but tell uh while I'm doing that. Oh, what? Some uh, disembodied voice handed me a towel from off screen. <laughs> <laughs> it's so much, it's so much tea. It was full, so full into the giant mug. All right, well, tell me. So like I said, I throughout watching this, I was I, could, I kept wavering between I hated it and I love it, you know. And it's I it, if you look on Letterboxd, I don't know if you looked, but the scores are all over the place. Mostly yeah. four is the biggest, is the highest one, but from one to five, there are scores. There are people that there are points in all of them. Um, so I thought it was gonna be. Like, I can see how it's divisive, but I don't come away with it as this is a bad movie, this is a mediocre movie. I think this is a really good movie. This is an extremely well-made movie. Um, it's it's made really, really well. Um, they executed flawlessly. You know, what they did what they wanted to do with this um, and tell this story. Um, but there's, like, not much to explain about it other than it is an allegory for creation story, but also, like, yeah, like I said, longer um, religious history through a Judeo-Christian 
lens. I, Judeo Christian, yeah. I guess, is a bad word, but yeah, you know, Muslim. I think Islam also fits in with this, like the the three oh, the, main monotheistic the, uh, religions. The, the Abrahamic, Abrahamic. That's it. Religion. The Abrahamic religions. That's what I was looking for. They'll um, branch off from Abraham. The um. Yeah, I always find that interesting that pretty much the Old Testament is pretty universal between the three major religions. And that's it just kind of branches off with Abraham's sons on who they follow. The um oh so the I mean you just want to run through all the metaphors in there? No um like the allegory or allegories I should say. Well, uh, so I mean the characters, I think we did that already. You know, Hug Everdem's God, Jennifer Lawrence's Mother Earth, um, uh, Ed Harris is Adam. Mike Michelle Pfeiffer is Eve. The Gleasons are at Cain and Abel. Um, well, I say we we got to the point where she has a baby, and the baby's the obviously baby's Jesus, Jesus. And yeah. Javier Bardem gives the baby to all the people outside that are like trying to break in and kill Jennifer Lawrence. Um, and then they the crowd surf. How'd you feel about the crowd surfing pissing baby? Oh, I thought it was wild. Um, the baby gets yeah. So what happens as soon as the baby is born, Javier Bardem kind of sneaks it, the baby away and gives it to the humans. Um, when Jennifer Lawrence freaks out, and then the baby's like crowd surfing this giant crowd of people, and you're just like waiting. You know what? It is obvious what's gonna happen. Yeah, the baby's yeah. gonna get killed, and all of a sudden the baby starts pissing all over everybody, and they're just like, oh, like everyone's like happy about it, and then all of a yeah. sudden you hear crunch. it's next fucking snaps yeah they, they <laughs> snap the baby's neck then by the time she gets out to find the baby it's already been ripped to pieces and they're eating it to be like the communion like, oh this my is god my body. yeah the communion thing as soon as i saw that i'm like whoa this makes communion. yeah Weird literally stuff. drinking blood and eating his body um and then they just start beating the shit out of jennifer lawrence calling her the c-word and a slut and a whore yeah. so that's arrogant. when she starts fighting back and she gets a glass shard and starts murdering people and that's when you hear like the lightning strikes and the thunder because it's like i think it's supposed to be natural disaster like literal natural disasters yeah um, yeah well it's like that planet earth lashing out of our horrible treatment of her um you know pollution yeah. global warming or whatever weird weather as a result of pollution and shit um that's obvious uh, allegory there or metaphor there whatever i'm really bad with me, I was, me and Riss were talking about this. I'm really bad with extended metaphor, allegory, um, symbol. I think some of it's interchangeable or like adjacent. I mean, it's hard to. Mm -hmm. she, she went to her. She went to school for literary shit. So would you say her blowing up the house is more trying to go to Revelations, or do you think it's more of uh, more she's of how the world? The world. Is she's gonna, yeah, it's the end. It's like her ending to, the world. Like us ending, like due to us. Due to her ending the world, due to our treatment of her and God's treatment of her, um, and and thinking that it'll end it all, but all it does is just reboot and start the cycle over again. Yeah, and they, then Harvey Arbardem takes Jennifer Lawrence's burnt up body. And then rips her heart out, which ends up being another crystal. And it grows into a is... woman who's not Jennifer Lawrence. But yeah. she, it starts in the opening scene again when she wakes up out of bed asking for her um, her lover. Also, apparently so God I... does not fuck Mother Earth. 
And then you get the, the understanding that God does not fuck, and then they finally fuck in the middle of the movie, and then the baby is instantly made. Mm-hmm. Like, the baby doesn't come out, but it's like they know that it's been conceived instantly. Yeah. The, um... The I loved the soft lighting in this mu- movie because it was very like it was very dark and but it but it needed to be but the it didn't it just felt like uh you know it was just like one light in each room it was kind of lighting every scene and and I, I liked that how it just felt more natural and more real like a normal yeah. house would be yeah it felt like a real house than, yeah than being just like you know the crazy moonlight in the windows they just left everything black because that's how it you know normally is unless it's a rarely yeah. big ass moon I agree I like the lighting in the house. Um, I loved how everything was handheld, but also like mediums and close-ups. There was rarely any kind of a wide, uh, just to keep like the claustrophobic feel was cool. Oh um, God, I wanted this is you remind me of something I want to say about Requiem for a Dream. All the shots when they had the the cameras attached to their shoulders. Um, there's multiple. There's multiple Ellen Burstyn. There was one with Jennifer Connelly when she was leaving the therapist's house, and like they mm-hmm. had like it was um. Like strap the camera's like strapped to the shoulders and it's like on their face and they're like moving around and it's following them. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Those are so cool, so cool. It like really make you feel the paranoia and like everybody's looking at you and and all that. But sorry, yeah, go ahead. Um, the so with what I wouldn't, I guess what I'm curious of is so like the heart. The heart that he gets out of that becomes a crystal. That's supposed to represent her love. Like he takes her love and puts it, and it creates a new thing. But then, when when that crystal shattered in the beginning of it, does that did that just mean like her love shattered, and then that's whenever she's like problems start happening? Or, um, I yeah, that's the one I I'm trying. I don't know. It, like, like I don't know if it's explained. Like if it's fully like translates, yeah. but um. But yeah, like it, it then becomes this important thing, you know, symbol to him, which is then consumed by the humans, the spirit of his last love, the last Earth, Mother Earth. Um, then is consumed by the uh, the humans in in quest for knowledge and understanding, um, and enlightenment, and uh, and yeah, and then just pisses off the current Mother Earth and go, and whatever the cycle. But it reminds me of the, the I don't know I kept thinking of the Matrix for cycle the stupid cycles, mm-hmm. um, like this is the destiny and this is how it's gonna be and there's nothing you can do yeah. to stop it and you think that you're affecting it but it's not it's this is all part of the the plan. The Matrix has come what, up twice in this episode. I wonder what it would have. Like, obviously, it's more of a question of what would life be like, but what would it been like if. Uh, Jennifer Lawrence is uh, just like ended up going along with Darren on everything, or not Darren, with uh, Javier Bardem on everything where it would have ended up. I think it would end up the same way. I think the because the house, the baby would have got killed. Uh, I guess. I mean, I mean, like, because after the baby's killed, she goes snaps. I'm fuck. I'm blowing this place up. But like, if she would have been like, listen to him, like, those people would have destroyed that house. Given him, anyway. Yeah. They were yeah, already tearing it down. It was just she wanted to take them with her, with yeah. the house. I think that's what it was. It's not just we're gonna not the house being destroyed as much as if you're gonna if you're gonna fuck up all my shit, then I'm taking you with. Yeah. Me. 
because um, mm. you, you're responsible. And it, it does place humanity and Mother Earth and the, with his antagonistic relationship. And God is like caught in the middle because he loves them both and he created them both. It's weird that the God is the lover and creator of of Mother Earth. Yeah. The um, but he clearly favors man more because he only really cares about at least in this movie he only really cares about their admiration like oh they're here for me so it, I must. And when it seems like give the, it seems like he him, man is his children is are also his children but not to her like it's like almost yeah. like an outside. And she doesn't understand that there are his children. She just views them as people that like as fans of yeah. his creation. Um, but but he created them as well. Um, um, one of the one of the things that I didn't notice the first time I watched, but when I was like wa- like watching videos, kind of explaining everything, was that I was just like, why does he have the? Why does the Ed Harris character have like the big wound in the in his back? on the first night when he's like dry heaving and shit. Yeah. I didn't but then understand I, that. And then I read and it says, yeah, it's, it's yeah. Removing his that, rib to create that's a woman. When Michelle Pfeiffer shows up, shows up the next morning. Yeah. That, that it made way more sense. I was just like, Oh man, I didn't get it at first. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Good movie though. I, I, I end up really liking it. Um, if you know what it's supposed to be, how I just don't know how you can fault it for not being anything else. You know, like this is I think it's I thought this was a great version of what it set out to do. And I don't like I don't know. I know my 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 old roommate, he his big gripe with it is what does the environment have like environmental causes have to do with the Bible? But honestly, they he tied they go kind of hand in hand. Yeah, yeah they, they, they together. They go they are they go hand in hand because without earth and the environment human and religion can't exist and stewardship of the earth is what's the original job of man uh, yeah. in, the, in the bible i'm pretty sure um that's that was supposed to be our our job um so i yeah i see the criticism of this movie falling into three camps one is that it is on you know um too dense and too up its own ass and hard to understand there is a, uh, a middle, there is one lane that's of artsy people that think that it beats you over the head with its symbolism and subtext and is um, just too blunt with it and spells everything out. Hmm. <laughs> I've seen that criticism on Letterboxd. The exact a lot. opposite of the other criticism. Uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. That's why it's funny. <laughs> and the third is people not liking, or the third is people either not liking it because they are religious and think it's blasphemous or they are atheist and think it's religious. And that's Jesus the other, Christ. that's the other funny one. That all sounds so dumb. Um, like, because it's, it's, it's not, it's using religious stories and it's not even just Christian, like create the creation story is goes on to every, you know, that's fucking Gilgamesh, yeah. you know, and all that kind of stuff. Like, um, like Babylonian shit. Like that's, it goes, it's way older than even Christianity. And even the Messiah story is it's in more than just Christianity. Um, mm. But uh, yeah, I so th- thinking about all that, I don't agree with any of those schools, and my criticism isn't. I don't think I have criticism for it in, in those regards. It just didn't blow me away. This yeah, was I really didn't, cool. Yeah. This was really cool, and I think this is 
really interesting. Um, and I think it needs to exist and probably be seen by people, but it didn't like, this isn't like my favorite movie ever. The like way it was shot or every, anything like didn't change my life. Like it, it's, it's just really well made. It, it did what it did flawlessly. I just don't know with what it is. Is that important to me? Like it's important to me, but it's not like life changing. Yeah. The, um, I think that, it's a great, I don't know. I just think, I think it's a great movie. It's a great, ver- like of what it's trying to be. This is probably the best version of it. And I have no negative because of that. Like, I think it, I think it did a great job of trying to do what it did. And I think, I think it's a cool art piece just for just another interpretation of how you can, you know, not dumb down, but, you know, really put a, a a quick two hour visual of the story of man, you know, onto the table, and in a very interesting way that um, makes sense once you've seen it, like the whole thing. And uh, I don't know, I just liked it. I thought it was really cool. I I, I like the dynamic of adding you know, the earth into the religious into religion and into um, you know being God's concubine, if have you uh, or what? Uh, <laughs> yeah. Um. <laughs> that doesn't make it sound too good, but oh, is that not just another term for like mistress or yeah, God, God's like you know sex slave. Oh, okay, I don't mean it like that. They don't even fu- they fuck once, um, <laughs> but like uh, no, but like I've just God and the Earth being a, a symbiotic relationship. Yeah, a, a rela- like a um, a sexual relationship, romantic relationship. Yeah. Um, so this also this one did remind me of one thing because I had not I had to think about other movies that I've seen that were all purely symbolism like this like the no, no literal not little to none literal story literal I can't talk little to no literal story and I did see Charlie Kaufman's I'm thinking of ending things did you you haven't seen that yet Mm-mm. it's on the list of course. Um, but it is kind of like that, but it's grounded in a literal story. And then you slowly realize that it was never literal and it was all a representation for somebody who's wants to kill themselves, <laughs> like someone's imagination that they're thinking of when they are going to kill themselves. And it's very, very good movie. Um, but it is all like this. Like, I don't know if I call it allegory, but it's all symbolism. And you find out that none, nothing is literal in the entire film. And then also killing of a sacred deer, um, which I for the name, uh, it's that the guy, the director of the lobster, Yorgos, mm-hmm. um, L- 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 I'm, I'm just, oh, I gotta just look it up before I insult Yorgos Lanthimos. <laughs> and it is also, I guess what it is, name. it is a, like a modern retelling of a, uh, ancient i think greek myth um or some kind of myth and it ends up being very like abstract like it's all like the colin farrell's character is a doctor and it's all in like real world but it's like this this fantastical myth playing out somehow in the real world and it doesn't really make any sense and you don't really need to understand that it just it's very vague and and you don't understand why this is happening to these people. 
Um, the premise of the movie is Colin Farrell pisses off this kid and this kid, uh, I think kills his dad because he's a surgeon and the kid curses his family and then all of his, his kids and his mom's, the kids start getting sick. And then he's like, you have to kill one of your kids or they're all, they're all going to die. Your whole family's going to die. And that's the whole thing. But it's, um, but it's all very abstract and, in and, like it sounds like a regular horror movie, but it doesn't really play out like that. There's a lot of talking, and it's very, very weird. But yeah, both are on the list. I I wanted to see uh, Killing of a Sacred Deer. I really liked uh, Colin Farrell and Lo- the Lobster, and I'm kind of, I definitely want to see more of him with that director. He's very he his performance is very subdued, uh, like deadpan, like that. Also in that movie, everyone is very. Um, Relax, and that and it's very quiet and calm, though it's very like bad shit is happening. But um, so what are you giving Mother? Are we there yet? Uh, yeah, I'm gonna give it a I'm I'm gonna give it a solid four. I think four is the way to go for this as well. Um, I I could totally be fine with someone giving it a four and a half. Um, I think less than four though is. Is uh, I would be hard to argue that I th- unless you really hate like hated it for some reason. Um, I think it is a good movie once you understand you know, once you get it, and um, and it's so cool. Like the second half of the movie is fucking buck wild. Um, it's the roller coaster. I have such a slow burn. Like that's the other thing. It's like first half such a slow burn. Second half fucking buck wild roller coaster <laughs> to the end. Yeah, it almost I almost felt like how Uncut Gems and Good Time are in the second half where there's just so much fucking like sh- so much shit that was just driving me insane cuz I feel so bad for for Jennifer Lawrence and I it's just like the heightened anxiety of just everything going on and getting worse progressively worse uh, more and more people showing up I mean, like at, at one point you're thinking like all right it's got to calm down for at least a second and it just never does um until the birth of of Christ <laughs> of the Messiah um, the I really want to see him do more of his movies. I want to see Pi. Pi came up in a lot of the analysis I watched and read after I watched these movies, which is his first film. It's supposedly made on like the tiniest budget, and it's apparently amazing. Um, something to do with math. Uh, and it's like black and white, super stylish. Let me see if I can I can find you a quick pick. But the next time we do him, we have to do Pi. And Noah. I want to know what his other religious thing is like. I heard it's bad, but I, I it's got a good it's got a good rating. Oh really? I heard back when it came out, I heard that it was well. It got uh, ba- it got a religious backlash to it. Uh, it's, it had fell into the same thing where atheist people didn't want to watch a religious movie, and religious people thought it was blasphemous. I just heard that there's rock people in it, and I want to know how Noah... Oh, my God, I forgot that they're rock people. Oh, I realize that I'm not showing you the trailer. That's all right. I'm looking at the, the movie list. Um, So, I will pull up the graphic for what we're doing the rest of this month. But here, Chich, I want... um Pi is kind of like a racer head... It's not like a racer head as an abst- that abstract, but it looks like like it's shot like that. 
Like, it was made in 1998, but it looks like it was made a long-ass time ago. It's, like, kind of cyberpunky. Yeah, this looks like it's from the fucking Oh, yeah, it looks kind of Kubrick. Yeah, it's very 60s. Yeah, I really want to see this. Oh, that's the guy from Breaking Bad. Is that is that Ray Fiennes? No, or uh, no, it's somebody else. I have no idea. It looks like that's Ray the guy from Breaking Bad, the old guy. Yeah, but doesn't that look like Ray Fiennes? Kind of. I don't think it I is. Don't, I don't know who Ray Fiennes is. Rob Voldemort. Oh, oh. Well, I've never seen him not in Voldemort makeup. He's he's in Schindler's List. Uh, he's in he's in a lot of movies. I've seen Chandler's List, but isn't he in the Grand Budapest Hotel? It's just one of those faces where it's like I've I didn't know who that was because I I don't know just never knew his name. Interesting. It definitely yeah, it looks old as fuck. Uh, question. Speaking no, it's of not the Ray impact, Fiennes. it is not Ray Speaking of the impact of Akira, that's right there. I'm trying to find for what I'm working on. Is it Akira or Ava or something like that that has the music that is just like big drums that's like bum 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 and then a bunch of chorus of like people yelling just going like bah and uh, is that because I'm trying to find that music and I, I cannot think it's find Akira. it. I think that's Akira. That's and, I I listen to the whole soundtrack and it's not in there. Um, but maybe I just gotta watch the movie and just rewatch the movie and it. see. Yeah, on the list. I've seen Akira a million trillion times. Oh, I've I've seen Akira a hundred times, but I just I just need to find this this thing. All right, so let me pull up the the Boomtown graphic. What not, not Boomtown? What do I call it? Boom Howard. Boom Howard. So the rest of this month will be. Best Boys Fest. Boom Fest. Boom Fest. Best Boys Boom Fest, baby. Boom. Right here on the pod. Uh, we'll be watching action movies all month for the, the, the year of explosions. The month of explosions, July. Um, next week we'll be doing First Blood and The Raid. I've never seen The Raid. I've Next, never seen the raid. July sixteenth, we'll be doing Dread and the Killer. Never seen the Killer. Uh, never seen the Killer either. July twenty third, we'll be doing Heat and Atomic Blonde. I've never I seen. I don't think either. I've seen either. Jinx. Me either. July thirtieth, we'll be seeing Expendables and Kingsman. I have I've, seen both of those. I haven't seen either not. of those. Kingsman's so good. Yeah, I'm. I think we got a good mix of old and new. Um, yeah. And um, yeah, I would like to do this stuff like this every um, every once in a while. Get a theme. Not that we're always stuck in artsy, artsyville, you know. I think that the movies we've watched have all been really good, but um, these are a little more accessible to the to the norm. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there, I want to watch critical action. I think that that's a slept on as it's slept on as a thing. Um, mm-hmm. Watch. Interviews of the Machowski, the Wachowskis making the first Matrix, and listen to them talk about action films, and you will recognize that it is very much an art form. 
and uh, um, I that's like what woke me to it. Uh, woke me up to that. The action movies aren't dumb. There's bad. There's dumb action, but there's dumb everything. There's mm-hmm. dumb sci-fi, and uh, the '80s can attest to that. I'm um, excited to compare the Raid to Dread because they're essentially the same concept. Tower, yeah, they tower. say the Raid Two is the best Raid Two. I think also, and then this is the best Raid. The, the, the Raid also, uh, the Killer. Uh, I had a hard time picking what John Woo movie to see because I was like Face Off. Uh, we already saw Hard Boiled, uh, but A Better Tomorrow is supposed to be really good also. But the Killer, uh, some people say, is his best, so I picked that one. I wanted to pick a foreign language one, so we had one just all American flicks. Yeah. Um, well, they're in the raid. The raid is that where's the raid made? Not in the U.S. Is it Hong Kong? Is it Korean? Um, I imagine action. I, I uh, Indonesian. I yeah, that's awesome. Well, there we go. We're all over the world, baby. Prestige worldwide. Prestige worldwide. Gareth Ed Evans. All the Raid right. 1 has an approval rating of 86% on tomatoes. But all right, I think that's it for me. Uh, do you got anything you want to add here? No, just uh, keep a lookout. Um, I think in the next like week or two, I'm going to be putting out a new video on my channel. And it is... We're still figuring out what it is, but we're in the middle of shooting it right now. We, we shot about probably a third of what we need. We're going to try to get the rest this Tuesday. Some tough pants out there. All right. All right. Well, uh, yeah, we'll, like I said, weekly movies, the rest. I uh, want to get you guys a schedule out to follow along with us um, if you want to get them out of the way. We've been debating, talking about moving to a every other week schedule to give uh, viewers more time to, to watch and watch with along with us. Um, but for now, we will be... We'll be hitting you hard. I just saw that the raid music by for the United States version, Mike Shinoda. Ooh. <laughs> um, but all right, I'm signing off. Make sure you follow us. Uh, Slob Thomas, Corey with a story. Um, we're on Facebook, Best Boys Pod. And uh, yeah, see you around. Are you? Arrivederci.